a lot of these devices, their goal is to get it put out there and make it work and make it cheap. And that's all they really care about. And security doesn't really fit into that too well. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast brought to you by CCB Technology. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and this is the podcast where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. Join me as I work to figure this leadership thing out on purpose. This episode, I sat down with Mark LaLiberty backstage at our technology showcase. He was another person I sat down with in the green room. But this one, I was talking to him more about how does technology hackers, bad guys, how does that tie into leadership when it comes to business? But then also we crossed into the consumer side. Like for example, should I just flush my Alexa device down the toilet? I asked him that. He is a senior security analyst at WatchGuard Technologies. He's going to explain what that is and what that does. The short version, he's a good guy on the hacker side. He's got mohawk, he's got tattoos, he's got humility and a ton of knowledge. So without me giving everything away, here it is. My conversation with Mark LaLiberty, Senior Security Analyst at WatchGuard Technologies. Uh, we are recording right now back in the green room behind the stage for the Tech Showcase 2019. And I am joined by... Uh, one of our uh, gentlemen from one of our favorite vendors, actually, we work with uh, when it comes to security appliances, and, and uh, his name is Mark La Liberty, and uh, he is better known as a hacker guy. And so, uh, Mark, before I give your whole intro away, why don't you tell people a little bit about who you are, how you got into what you do, and, and a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks, and thank you for that awesome intro. <laughs> I will say, CCB is my favorite company to work with. You That's guys are talking some about. of the nicest and coolest people on the face of the earth. Awesome, man. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So I'm Mark, like you mentioned. I'm a senior security analyst at WatchGuard. I've been there for about just over seven years now in a bunch of different roles and responsibilities. Um, but right now I manage our threat research team, the WatchGuard Threat Lab, uh, where every day we take threat intelligence feeds from our firebox appliances deployed throughout the world and other third-party feeds and put together an image of what the threat landscape looks like for our customer base, which is small and medium businesses and what we call distributed enterprises. Okay. So behind the scenes, uh, when I'm not traveling to come talk at these conventions and trade shows with our partners, uh, I'm sitting at my desk trying to find flaws and vulnerabilities and different products. Uh, one of my favorite things is IoT. I love going on Amazon and buying the latest camera and trying to find all the holes in it and then work responsibly with the manufacturer to try to get them fixed. It's great. And the other guys on my team back at headquarters love doing very similar things as well, too. So you, uh, um, similar to maybe Peter Parker, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. So exactly. You undo the thing to find the vulnerabilities to expose them, but then to work with the manufacturer, not to uh, cause havoc or anything like that. Exactly. How I like to explain it is uh, my team's job is to hack stuff before the bad guys do. There you go. So we try and find the flaws and then work with manufacturers. Uh, we even obviously try and hack our own products as well and to find these issues before the bad guys can exploit them for their own gain. And we're not trying to like throw anyone under the bus and say, oh man, look how bad this thing is and how many holes there are. We're trying to find those holes and then make sure they get patched and fixed so that people that purchase whatever product or service it is are safe. That's so good. Okay. So then how did you get into this? Yeah. So I've grown up with basically a lifetime of 
traditional hacking. Uh, growing up, I'd always try and rip apart the latest technology my parents came home with, whether it be a VCR or whatever the TV was or the latest computer my dad brought home. I didn't always get it put back together, which they, they <laughs> didn't appreciate. it. has got for the parents. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was always curious on how things worked. And obviously, the next step for that is finding out how to break things. Mm -hmm. And then going along with that, how to fix it as well. Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot of traditional hardware hacking. And then I've always been a, a computer guy, the nerd that would sit in my mom's basement and write programs or uh, allegedly crack games and stuff like that. <laughs> And so I've got a lot of software in the background there too. And it really just kind of comes together with where I'm at now with um, both looking at the hardware and software side of things and trying to find holes and stuff. Okay. It's fun. I have the coolest job in the entire company. Well, and that's one of the reasons that we love working with not just WatchGuard. You guys have a great product and we stand by it. Obviously, that, that matters to us and our customers, but you as people because you gen you genuinely like what you do. So you bring that energy to it. And when you speak at a security summit last year, you brought it. It was great. What caused you then to, to go to the, you know, this path versus this path? Because typically for us, you know, that are listening in that are like me, the less than intelligent IT folks, like I'm not very, I'm not an IT guy is what I consider myself. Okay. So when I hear hacking, I think bad things. Maybe there's two parts to this question. How did you decide I'm going to go to the left and do it for good mm -hmm. versus the right? And then also maybe more of a functional definition of, of hacking in general. Sure. Personally, for me, I try to consider myself a good guy. Mm -hmm. I don't like causing pain on other people. So the black hat side, as we call it, was never really something for me. Plus, the money's a little more stable on the white hat side. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but... A lot, of, uh, a lot of security analysts, security experts, white hat hackers, as we call them, um, did at least dabble in the dark side, as we call it. I mean, none of us really launched ransomware attacks to take down big companies, but all of us started somewhere with like trying to crack a piece of software. And that's how you get your foot in the water to just learn how things work, basically. Sure. Yeah. And really, it comes down to wanting to hack for the greater good. Well, that sounds very like... I don't know. I don't want to toot my own horn. No, you're good, man. This is this is helpful. I want to help people. And mm -hmm. a lot of white hat hackers want to help people. And you get to play with really fun stuff and try and break stuff. But it's for the better of people to try and purchase those products later and work with those services. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun and really fulfilling. And you don't end up in prison for doing your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, there is that. Um, and, and what I appreciate, side note, is your humility is continually coming through because you don't want to like talk about how good you are at your job because you, you don't want to like say well i'm the knight in shining armor kind of a thing but for those of us like me that don't know what we're doing sometimes um we need guys like you that are like nah don't click that don't touch that you know yeah. what i'm just going to invent something that'll help you not click that and touch that or products that have flaws in them uh those listening in iot if you're not familiar internet of things Maybe start with a high-level definition of Internet of Things and then, yeah, give people a free uh, look at what you're talking about. Sure. So Internet of Things really is any device uh, that was not otherwise connected to a network that is now getting network connection capabilities to share data. Mm -hmm. And what that means in a practical sense is we're starting to add all sorts of electronics to things that weren't otherwise network connected. So uh, the extreme examples 
Uh, or I guess the basic example first is smart home devices. Those are IoT and those are really starting to take off. seems like almost everyone has an Amazon Alexa or a Google Home or whatever sitting in their office yep. now. Um, outside that, though, we're adding IoT in a lot of places where uh, you might not think it exists. The uh, obvious example there is your fridge. You probably have seen a fridge with sure. a smart screen built into it now that can run apps and, I don't know, show you what's inside of it without opening the door. Yeah. Uh, but even in areas people might not think about, we're starting to see IoT take off in industrial areas. Municipalities are starting to add like their traffic control systems to network connections now too, which is good because it adds efficiency, makes it easier to manage these things. Uh, this data sharing brings a whole lot of value to devices that were otherwise self-managed on their own. But the flip side is it opens up a whole nother avenue for attack for the bad guys to come yeah. in and exploit vulnerabilities in this, yeah. especially in consumer IoT. So if you go on Amazon and buy like a camera or um, some knockoff smart home device, a lot of these devices, their goal is to get it put out there and make it work and make it cheap. And that's all they really care about. And security doesn't really fit into that too well when you're trying to just make it cheap and kick it out the door. Yeah. And consumers, they're part of the problem as well because my mom doesn't really care how secure her camera is or whatever. She just wants to make sure she can catch someone trying to steal packages off her porch. Sure. And a lot of these devices, because they're going out so quickly, they it's like being back in the 90s in terms of security. They have flaws that have been around for literally decades that uh, we can find within like minutes. I'm sure there's bad guys out there that can find them within seconds. Yeah. And it just opens up a whole nother avenue for attacking, getting a foothold on a network. Yeah. So how do, how do people avoid that? Maybe what are some equally practical uh, pieces of advice or steps that people can take to be secure? Is it just buying name brand stuff or is it actually reading the back of the cereal box before you, you know, buy the cereal kind of a thing? So you kind of hinted on part of it. Name brand is important uh, when it comes to IoT because the bigger companies like the Amazon, the Google, the Apple, they have something to lose. If it turns out that their device is hyper vulnerable and someone can hack into it and suddenly your yeah. privacy is violated, they right. have like a legitimate, it would be a big hit to their company. A lot of these other devices though, the ones that you've never heard of from a knockoff, whatever company, yeah. they just shut down and open up under a new name. If there's any major flaw that kills their company, it doesn't mm. really matter to them. But in a, a grander sense, if you're deploying internet of things devices in your office, which you probably are, uh, you really need to pay extra special attention to how you secure them. Don't just ban them all flat out because they do actually offer legitimate uses. They benefit efficiency. They can help usability in different areas. Uh, but you need to pay attention to how you secure them because they probably don't have security on their own. So that means segregate them onto their own individual network. Control what uh, connections are allowed into and out of that network. Mm -hmm. That way, if an attacker is able to gain a foothold on that device, they can't pivot and hit like your customer database. Yep. Um, and also monitor all the connections going to and from these devices. That way, if you suddenly see gigabytes worth of data getting uploaded to an IP address in Russia, yeah. it should set off some red flags. That I don't know anybody fishy. in Russia. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So uh, there's the optimistic side, which you seem to represent when it comes to IoT and hacking and the future of IT and what it can do on, for, for humanity. Yeah. Um, we won't end here, but I think we should touch on some things that you've seen on the more scary, darker side of some of the maybe consumer or business uh, line of things of vulnerabilities, um, 
blind spots, things like that, uh, attacks that maybe you've seen? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it can go many different ways. Some of the biggest things I see with IoT are privacy issues. So obviously with things like smart assistants, they have to record conversations in order to better their systems and feed into their machine learning algorithms to make them understand people better. That means that there's potentially recordings of your conversations captured by your smart assistant sitting on some server somewhere, which depending on what you talk about in your office or your home could be a concern for you if an attacker is able to attack that system. When it comes to vulnerabilities on individual devices, there's some scary stuff I've seen just in the devices I've researched. Uh, there was one that was a, a webcam used for um, monitoring pets that would cloud uh, connect back home to a cloud management system. You log into that cloud system and you can view the live feed of your pets. Well, it turns out it didn't really validate things how it should have, and I could have gained access to every single person's live camera feed of these cameras sitting in their houses. Holy smokes. Yeah. So luckily, the manufacturer in that case was very quick to fix it. Okay. Um, but that isn't always the case with IoT. There's been times where I found serious flaws in some of these devices, and they don't even reply to my email. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then um, should we just take our Google Home, Alexa, all that stuff and just flush it in the toilet? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I, there, you just have to know the risks okay. and you have to know how to protect against the risks. So A, keep your device secure in terms of connectivity to from it. Make sure it can't uh, pivot and hit any of the other systems. And then just be aware of the potential issues if someone is able to compromise that device or the systems behind it. Mm -hmm. So maybe don't stick your uh, smart assistant in a boardroom where you discuss very confidential information, or maybe don't stick it in like your bedroom where you might have other information going on. Um, just be aware of the risks around it, but don't just write it off entirely because, I mean, sometimes it is really nice to be able to put on a song without having to go click a bunch of buttons in my phone or sure. whatever. If, if people are listening in and they're like, okay, I agree with this guy. I want to be secure. So is there anywhere that they can go to get read up on this stuff. Yeah, so there's plenty of news organizations out there that focus on information security. Uh, ZDNet's one of my favorite ones off the top of my head. Um, if I can toot my own horn, uh, we have our own threat research blog, seclicity.org, uh, where the WatchGuard Threat Lab, as we're seeing these different trends unfold across the landscape, we'll write a blog post and explain exactly what's going on and how to keep yourself protected. Uh, we have our own podcast off of there too that focuses specifically on security. Uh, we call it the 443. You can check that out also, uh, where me and our CTO every week take some complex security topic and try and break it down into an easily understood, uh, easily digestible form. So this, is, this isn't this is just for tech people? No, no, of course not. Okay. So I just want to make sure. So the way that this is written, the content here is easily digestible, as you said, by people that don't have a background yep. in tech. Our, for our podcast, my mom's probably one of our favorite listeners, and she's oh. able to follow along okay. with. Well, and our written content is very similar as well, because our main goal at like WatchGuard specifically is simplicity in whether it be management of our services or how we explain uh, complex security topics to our customer base and people in the in industry. And we really carry that over in WatchGuard Threat Lab as well. That's awesome. So, And we have another similarity. Not only do we want to be secure, but uh, my mom's probably the only person that listens to my podcast too. So <laughs> thank you for bringing that up again. I appreciate it. Hi, mom. Uh, so is there anything else that before we close out that you want to leave people with, um, whether they are a business leader that is struggling with IT and how to roll this thing out and be secure, or they're a consumer of IT? Yeah. So the thing I would... Uh, want to leave with is don't be afraid 
there's a ton of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, FUD we call it, uh, that floats around with all these cyber attacks that are going on. But just because you hear about them in the news all the time uh, doesn't mean you're completely hopeless to defend against them. There are tools and services and just generic training out there to keep you safe from all these cyber attacks you see. And you just need to know where to look, how to find it, and be willing to implement it in order to keep you and your company safe. See, I knew that we weren't going to end on a scary note. No. And Mark, I'm so glad that you are one of the good guys and that you know what you're talking about because you help me and people like me stay safe. So, Mark, thanks again for taking time. Thanks for being at the showcase, man. Of course. Thank you for inviting me. So takeaway and action item from my conversation with Mark. Takeaway. There are good folks, not just bad ones. The bad ones make the news, but there are good folks that are fighting for us, the consumer, the business leader, so that we're safe. That's great. That is optimistic. That is wonderful. So what's the action item then? Well, don't just stick your head in the sand, but be aware. Action item. Click on Mark's blog, Mark's information, Mark's stuff that he talked about where his mom is the fan. Uh, that's in the show notes. So go to the, go to the show notes, ccbtechnology.com slash podcast. Go to the show notes. Or you can flick through your device and find them in there as well. Or you know what? Get more information. ccbtechnology.com. We have blogs written by other experts about security, about user adoption, about user training, things like that. Uh, don't flush your Alexa device down the toilet like Mark said. He, you don't have to do that. But because of who he is, that's why CCB partners with folks like WatchGuard Technologies because we can't do everything here at CCB. We can't be all things to all people, so we partner with great folks that know what they're doing. So thanks for listening. If you aren't involved in the contest currently and you do like iPads, go to ccbtechnology.com podcast. Check out uh, the information there about the contest and how to get involved in that. If you want to engage, impactpodcast at ccbtechnology.com is the email. It'll come to me and our team. At CCB Steve is the Instagram account. And then Steve Shear on LinkedIn. And as always, this isn't just the closing. We really, really mean this. As always, from everyone here at CCB, thanks for listening.